the record show an extremely flappy arm and leg and lizard running haphazardly across the <laughs> Fireplace dwarves! This dude's still running! They're gone like 20 minutes! It's okay, his penis is internal. Alright. Um, so, you know, like the recap, the previous session before we start, I was wondering if you could do that as Donnie. Not putting me on the spot or anything. All right. <laughs> well, I threw it out before you came back, and everybody deferred to you. <laughs> Stretch out your uh, improv muscles. Look, you don't have to cover everything. Oh. Just cover everything that Donnie would know that happened. <clears throat> All the oh. teammates can nearly eight. <laughs> right. Spider harvesting was not so successful. <laughs> yeah, what happened? All right, so we rolled up to this inn, and the, uh, the native seemed a little hostile. But oh, what was that guy's name? Uh, the tall, skinny guy. He said, uh, yeah, he told me to calm down about it. He said that they were good folk and whatnot, but I don't trust him. He's pretty dangerous. And, um, then we had to go find this kid for some fucking reason. I don't know. This tall, skinny dude's going to get me killed, I'm pretty sure. But, you know, you got to stick with Ken. Uh, but good thing, once we got down there, it was just a bunch of weak-ass rats and shit. So killed them. Uh Ran into some spiders too, but you know, they're not very good to eat. Had our way with them, and um, yeah, got a full sack of meat. Good day, all in all. Oh, and I learned that gold can also purchase things. Yeah. Figuring this new world out. Like, that's that's the recap from Donnie's perspective. <laughs> all right, thanks. Well done. <laughs> very nice. All right, cool. So, oh, and the little one, the little guy is pretty, pretty goddamn weak. I gotta keep an eye out for him. See, he seems useful, but that's about it. Certainly can't take a hit. No, he can take them. He took lots of them. <laughs> Just, what <laughs> Just what happens afterwards. Nope. But yeah, that is um, that is the extent of Donnie's recap. I know there were more more details in there, but that's it's about where he's at. What's that class called? A glass jaw artificer. <laughs> 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 I couldn't tell if that was genuine laughter or a her laughter. That's actually my natural laugh. It's the first time you've heard me truly laugh. It's pretty offensive. <laughs> like either would have been um, acceptable in that situation, I feel like, because the joke wasn't that funny, but it was actually really good. I gave it back. <laughs> So, we left off with you coming out, successfully purging the tavern cellar of spiders and rats and finding a boy. And uh, you very uh, nicely decided not to turn Elskin to the authorities, which he appreciates. And it uh, sounds like he's going to hook you up with uh, free lodging and drinks for life, or as long as you put the squeeze on him. And to celebrate... Starting a foundation to help those that... That as well, yes. Uh, Raylan made sure that that point got across. Um, and uh, to celebrate, he uh, gathered up a bunch of the tavern patrons, and uh, they're pulling, they're cleaning out the cellar, basically pulling out the rats and the spider bits and the corpses that were down there. And they built a little bonfire, just like a lighter on the street. At this point, it is dark. It's night. When you guys came, it was the sun was setting. By the time you got out, um, it had been a couple hours later. So it is dark. So the street is lit with the fire, and uh, 
Yeah, you guys are uh, just came out of there. So where do you want to be? Tell me, tell me what you're doing after you come out of the cellar. Go ahead, Boyd. What are you doing? I want to know what I'm going to talk to this fucking creepy thing. What is that? Oh, uh, whoops! You can see that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's my uh, that's my test. That's the my test initiative. <laughs> no, it's my test bot thing. So I use that to test out the lighting to make sure it's not fucked up. Oh. Sorry. I can see it from back. Weep! It's gone. <laughs> that's creepy shit. Uh yeah yeah Jordan you, you level up right away so you guys are leveled up and uh, you had time to take a short rest so if you wanted to spend hit dice to heal and whatnot feel free to do that. I remember what I do for short rests. You uh close your eyes and you think about your loved ones. It's sad. At least that's what makes Sherwin sad. Yeah, Sherwin still looks pretty pale from the uh, twice you know knocking on knocking on heaven's door. Looks like he's just seen a ghost, but he's still, you know, kind of just looking around, <laughs> thinking like, "All right, well, this was the day that I had." Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I don't know. You said it's late, right? Yeah, it's dark out. But the only thing, the only way right now is the uh, the bonfire, really. And you can walk over there. You see a bunch of the uh, tavern patrons. They're just gathered around. Some of them are wearing the same clothes. You know, ignore that. Where's the tavern? Where's the tavern? It would be the building tavern owner. The owner Elsk. Uh, let me drop him in here. Hey, I want to go talk to. Him. Hey, Jamie, you're clipping a little bit, buddy. <clears throat> All right, I'm just gonna find a that guy token because I didn't give him a token for this. All right, <clears throat> want the first thing that comes in, which is uh, this. <laughs> so there's Elsk. He looks like a gladiator, <laughs> and he looks like he's laying down, but he's not. <laughs> but yeah, you can go talk to him <laughs> if you want. So, boys, moving over to talk to Elsk. Uh, Raylan, what are you doing? Uh, Raylan is stripping off <clears throat> most of his armor, except for like some of the chest parts and like the shoulder pieces. Kind of has like a grin on his face as he's doing it. He's clearly feeling pretty good about himself. All right, just doing that to get yourself cleaned up. Yeah, he's he's basically um, done wearing armor. Gotcha. All right. Um, Donnie, what are you doing? Uh, so. People are gathered around the fire, and they're kind of, uh, you know, if you get anyone who moves close, like Boyd, when he walks over, they kind of, like, you know, give him a pat on the back and trying to pass around drinks and stuff. So there's drinks available if you want to grab one. All right. So Donnie is looking around the street pretty suspicious about what the hell's going on. Uh, All right. Are you staying cling to uh, Raylan? Or are you staying in the shadows or avoiding contact with the patrons? All right. All right, tell Skinny, what, uh, I see you're taking your armor off. Are we, are we safe here? Uh, he's, like, folding his armor up into his pack, and he stands up and looks down at, uh, his friend and claps him on the shoulder and says, Yes, Rat Eater, I think we'll be safe here for a little while. Would uh, you like to you get like... warm by the fire? Uh, but when you, like, pat Donnie, he's gonna, like, slither away a little bit <clears throat> and, like, hiss at you. And he kind of just puts his hand up like no harm meant kind of thing as he starts to move over towards the fire. All right. Yeah, warmth is good. Uh, so I guess Donnie will move over too. Definitely keep some distance. All right. Sherwin, what are you doing? Uh, Sherwin's uh, finding a place to sit down. And he's, uh, let's come over here, sit on a haystack, pull out a journal and start writing down notes. It's just ideas that he's up with since his adventure 
post from a few hours ago and taking notes of the experience that he had and and kind of planning about certain things so he's just kind of scribbling down various what, uh, draw give me give me an example what's uh what's Sharon writing down I'm curious <laughs> he's uh he's he's writing down uh he's writing down schematics uh or uh something to help him not die so easy and drawing he's drawing a picture of a of a box uh but it's got like weird i guess like scroll designs kind of like wrapped all around it and some like gears i mean it kind of and you see like uh probably like measurement points and uh i guess angles drawn out kind of looks like an engineer's you know map if or, sherwin uh, could be uh trying to draw up something like based on what he saw what would he be drawing up like a spider like an eight-legged uh, walking it's not apparatus really, he's more like he's he's kind of like drawing like kind of like item and he's also drawing a picture of like a shield and kind of like a contraption for it so um, not not really thinking about spiders but he does have like kind of notes in the top corner about the experience that he wants to avoid which was equal sign fangs in chest and uh best ways best ways to stop fangs in chest question mark and then answer was better armor so then he's uh then he breaks a note says armor is too heavy <laughs> problem and then just kind of keeps going off for there as he starts going <laughs> all right going off on like a internalized tangent on his note yes all right all right so who else is there grimsby what are you doing Grimsby has just been watching all this happen, so he's watched everybody walk away and grab drinks and to talk to the townsfolk. And he's still pretty distrustful of everybody, even though just having gone through battle with everybody. But he decides that he's going to join the group for a few minutes to get a drink, but he's going to grab his drink, then he's going to move back to where he was, lean against the lean against the building and pull out his dragon chest set and start playing against himself. Okay. It's quite amazing how you keep managing to see Greb everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking nerd. Alright, there's just a picture of Elsk there. That'd be a token. Alright, so... Once again, when Greb is not on the screen, all the characters are asking, where's Greb? He's <laughs> Greb. Uh, I'd like... Can I look around for, like, threats? Is there anybody in the crowd that looks... Posing. Well, in the crowd, no. Just um, some there's some drunks. There's some uh, sleazy types. Uh, there is uh, one person who's overdressed, probably uh, compared to everyone else, and she makes it known. But otherwise, um, in terms of like their interactions with else, they all look like repeat customers. Um, people that would be in the bar regardless of the time of the day. <laughs> but they don't seem threatening to you in any ways, at least not given what you guys just went through. If you want to look around, or if you're going to be watchful, maybe just give me a perception roll. Okay. So looking around, I guess I'll notice the short guy, and he thinks to himself he's a little concerned about uh, like having a kin that's so so weak. He's taking an interest in him. Um, sees him like doing this odd behavior. So I guess I'm going to go up to Big Ear and ask him like, what is he doing? Uh, Sherwin doesn't realize he's there until the, the sudden stench enters his nostrils. It's like, whoa, 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 
Oh, 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 lizard man! What brings you here? What, what are you doing there? Oh, this? This is old Gizmo Gadget's big book of ideas. See, that was a rough time that I had back there, so maybe, mm, maybe I need to make some changes. You see, you keep ideas in this. Oh yes, that's, that's pretty. Too many weird. ideas in this world to keep in one head, even as big as mine. <laughs> How does it work? Cool. Very easy, my friend. You take this pen. And, well, I don't know what he has. Maybe like a pencil thing. He, he holds it up. He's like, you take this. You write down these symbols. Things that help bring up ideas in your head to remember later. He kind of like hands him the, the pencil, but he's like kind of leaning his head back because he smells so bad. Like, Here. Um, <laughs> Here, you I'm try. Gonna... You try writing in this. Try writing in it, but Donnie doesn't know any languages or any writing. Should I do? Mm. Just like kind of like scribbles on it. Yeah, whatever uh, natural motion that your arm gives, I guess. <laughs> very, very um, nice. How does that make you feel? I, I don't know. <laughs> Let me see your ideas. I don't want to like try to scrap, like snatch the book. <laughs> Well, here, sure, take it. And he hands him the book. Uh, I want to thumb through this thing. <laughs> uh, so, is there anything that I can like understand in this book? Uh, big. Uh, well, you can't read. You would just kind of maybe <laughs> recognize. You would just recognize certain pictures. Um, more towards the earlier part of the book, you'll kind of see random things that are like maybe pictures of certain symbols, or maybe like. Uh, drawing of uh, uh, maybe like some sort of doll or something or some sort of toy and then maybe a couple pages in you actually see like uh, like a drawing of of a uh, little girl and then uh, you'll see like certain equations on the next page and uh, lots of math this is where I like thumb through it and like this is magic magic hmm I don't know what this is. This is, uh, I don't know. This is just something that I do. This is, uh, they're just ideas, you know, not, not everything you see in this world that not to be explained is magic, you see. Some things are explained by science, and some things are explained by both. So, uh, this is kind of where I put both of them together. I don't understand, but I want to be stronger with magic. Hmm. How can I have this power? <laughs> oh, well, that's a good question indeed. I, I wish I knew how I have this power. As you see, it doesn't help me too much. <laughs> I saw you throw flames from your hands. How did you do that? Mm. Flames from my hands? Those are just, uh, it's just uh, some uh, defense mechanisms I have, you see. So, uh, This is uh, way, way over my head, you see, in this adventure that we're on. But I must survive and I must keep going. And I might not have the muscles or fighting skills that you have, but this is how I can manage to survive as well as I can. All right. We're kin now, but I want your strength. And then at that moment, uh, Boyd, you notice um, the woman standing beside Elsk. She kind of suddenly slaps the back of her spine, like kind of like she got stung in the ass. And then uh, you see her like look to her hand, and then she just passes out and drops on the ground. 
And then on a second later, Raylan, the woman next to you, does the same thing, grabbing her back, and she drops. Whoa, Raylan uh, looks around and sees two people down, and he immediately casts Mage Armor on himself. All right. As he then kneels down to check on the woman beside him. So you two are the only ones I've noticed so far. The other patrons are pretty drunk. Um, I mean, it was pretty it was pretty natural the way they fell. It could have been like they were passed out drunk, but they fell. And uh, Donnie, the woman right beside, or not behind you, diagonal left of you, she does the same thing and falls over. And the man beside her kind of is surprised and then kneels down to, to touch her to check if she's okay. Can I run over to the one that dropped next to me? Sure. Poisoned. Go for it. Behind me, squishy big ears. Danger afoot. Mm. And a Sherwin, yeah. the, uh, from the back left of your head, you hear a, a rush of wind, and then suddenly the man who was kneeling down to help the woman, he falls flat on his face. Just, uh... uh. Um, I want to look around for anywhere to hide. <laughs> anywhere, like, close... There's that cart right behind you you could cover. get under. Right. I'm going to grab Sherwin and drag him under there. <laughs> and also... Uh, right. no, I'm not going to say anything, I'm just going to go under. So I cast that, and I'm able to sense the presence and location of poisons, poisonous creatures, is with 30 feet of me. Yeah, so uh, I don't know how that manifests itself, but I'll say that um, you can sense maybe there's some pheromones, not pheromones, but yeah, there's something in the air uh, emanating from where that woman grabbed her ass, basically. Poison. I'm going to go over and sniff her ass. And um, it's right around that time. Um that uh everyone let's see who's got dark vision sherwin sherwin's able to see this immediately uh everyone else is not pr uh privy to this yet but from basically encircling the bonfire there's shadowy figures slowly encroaching in from basically all directions he looks all around he's like oh god it keeps coming and uh it keeps coming you can see this the monsters! They never stop! <laughs> he gets up. He's so short that he's kind of like, even though he stands up from his sitting position, the height of his head doesn't change. And he uh, starts looking around. He's like, Gentlemen! To arms! He's silent. We're trying to hide. Yeah, initially, <laughs> so Donnie doesn't see what Sherwin's talking about, but his uh, him getting all riled up um, gets Elsk's attention. And, uh... Elsk is like, oh, what's all this all about? And he's like, moves to the back behind and he tries to look around. And when he makes his way back towards here, from this side of the cart, uh, suddenly he stops and you are not able to see on the back side of the cart, but he's just frozen and he's looking in utter shock in the opposite direction. And he's just speechless. And then once a couple of moments pass, he is being forced out at crossbow point, at crossbow point by a dark elf the little hand crossbow and he's just got his back to you guys and he's facing this elf and he's has his hands up and he's quivering and the elf is just not saying anything and kind of just gesturing to move towards the fire and he does so do we all see it yeah you all see uh you can see the elf now he's standing out clearly but uh sure when and i think from yeah grimsby actually from your perspective as well uh, you can see on the rooftops, on most of the buildings, there's a shadowy figures just lumped over there. Not enough light to make out any detail, but enough light to know that there's a, someone there. And Elsk is kind of blubbering to himself and looking to you guys. 
Grimsby notices the big dark elf from, well, I don't know how exactly I notice, but I notice. And I get up and I speak Elvish, so I ask the dark elf, who are you? Why are you here? So he turns to you and he just says, shut it, Rothe. And uh, he points his, his crossbow at you and kind of waves you to go over towards the fire. Do you move? Can I see any of the other dark figures? Right now, he's the only one you see, other than the ones that, the forms that you see on the rooftops. I'm going to cast Chill Touch on him. All right. Go ahead and cast it. So it's a ghastly hand that comes out, like a skeletal hand. The hand goes out and uh, it flows over, and it, as soon as it hits him, he he takes it on, and it doesn't seem really to bother him that much, but the frost kind of like waves over, like there's a any hair that he had exposed is just kind of frosted up, and it it hurts him, and then he kind of snaps his fingers, and then from the rooftops, uh, about six different uh, consecutive shots of crossbows are coming towards you. Towards who? All, all of us? To, towards Boyd. So I'm just gonna roll for one. Uh, as a reaction, I'm gonna cast Halo of Spores. All right. While this is happening, I want to pull out my longbow and shoot at the Dark Elf. Okay. Um, as soon as you start pulling out your bow, you're also going to get a ring of crossbows at you. We're not getting out of this. <laughs> no matter how much we fight. <laughs> Raylan just starts stomping towards the elf with his hands kind of in front of himself. What is it? What do you want? Uh, so, Boyd, uh, I need you to make a con save, too. And uh, once you start walking forward, and ask what do you want from behind Grimsby. A female elf, uh, dark elf, dressed in very elegant armor, her hair pulled back, uh, carrying, carrying a a rod that has an end like tentacle arms, like four or five tentacles at the end of this rod. I think I just heard selling. And, uh, you know, Raylan calls out in common, um, so none of the, the elf that you could see doesn't respond immediately, but this woman, when she comes out in very broken common, like she's trying to really force it. She says, No tokurote. And she walks forward and she has a uh, the tentacle rod to Grimsby's back and she just starts pushing you forward towards the fire. So she's forcing you forward, Grimsby. Are you moving or are you going to fight it? I'm moving. Okay, she's going to put you, force you all the way over here, basically, beside these, these people. And then she is going to ignore basically everyone and walk right over to Elsk. And, um... She pulls out this long blade. At this point, Elsk has pissed himself. There's a big wet stain on his pants. And he's starting to cry and blubber. And he, he's, he's like blattering on about something about spiders. How he didn't know where they came from. And he's sorry. And uh, he's really, he didn't mean to take uh, your spiders is what he says. And then she speaks again in very broken common. And she says, your spiders? She shakes her head and scowls. And she says, no, 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 loth spiders. And then she grabs his shoulder and slowly pushes the blade into his stomach, all the way up into his chest, and blood is just pouring out of his mouth, and Elsk just drops dead right there. He hasn't started his foundation yet. <laughs> Raylan kind of reaches out for him and then pulls his hand back when he and kind of like looks up at the rooftops, not wanting to catch a hail of bolts himself. He just says, Why? And uh, at this point, she uh, she waves her hand, and you see about four or five more uh, drow, similar similarly dressed to the first one that you saw. They come out of the shadows, and uh, they are carrying uh, metal shackles in their hands and collars. And uh, she walks over to the group, 
And she speaks... She can speak Elven. Uh, no. She will not speak Elven. So she speaks in a language that you can't really understand. Um, but anyone who can speak Elven might be able to pick up a couple words uh, with an intelligence roll. But she just says... By the way, I'm only doing this this one time to see how this works. But no one speaks French here, right? <laughs> in real life. <laughs> <laughs> no. Good. Because I don't either. And I'm just going to blatter it out. So she comes over to the group. And she has her arms folded. And as these other drows kind of start to, to close in, she says, Oh no, pas fluente pas españans. Asantes de asandas. Asandas de loth. Vos seres pres comes de Comprens vos. And uh, she's looking at the group and waiting for a response, it seems. She's got her eyebrow raised. And anyone who speaks Elven can roll intelligence to see if they can pick yeah, up a couple words. You did? Okay, uh, so you know anyone here to the name Loth recognizes that as the uh, drow goddess that essentially all the drow worship. She's a, a part spider, part demon, part goddess. And, uh, wait, wait, what's a, what's a drow? A drow is a dark elf. Okay. They okay. they uh, live in the Underdark. Gotcha. So uh, anyone who has Elvish as a language um, can pick up the word Rothay as well. And Rothay is undercommon for a slave. Again? <laughs> Again? You were a slave before? Well, I was dealing with slaves in the, in the previous. Oh, yeah. That's true. Well, that's what the Underdark people do. They enslave. So... Once no one responds, she, uh, oh, what's he, Boyd? Wait, you gave me your con save, didn't you? Yeah, I got poisoned. It was 13, right? Oh, okay, yeah, you didn't fail by five or more, so you are very woozy, but you are still conscious. The other people on the ground, you surmise, uh, did not make the save as effectively as you, and they are passed out. Before anything else happens, I'm going to yell out, because I understood those few words. Everybody, take up arms! They're gonna make us slaves! S slaves so you're yelling and shouting are you moving you got a about six drow with crossbows fixed on you he's just kind of like backing up like scared uh, uh. i'm moving to the other side of the fire here as soon as you move you're gonna have a bunch of crossbows come at you as soon as the squishy one decided to yell i'm gonna like look around is there any other place that i could like run staying out of sight Hmm. Um, let's see. I mean, what your yeah, character can, can see is what you see, so you can try to run into a direction. Can I get under this eave up here? Yeah, but I mean, it's just a small overhang, so you just be, your back would be against the building. Damn it. Alright, I'm gonna, like, push him out from under the, the, the wagon and try to, like, stay behind you. That works out. Okay, so you're pushing Sherwin out of the, from underneath the wagon? Unless he, like, ran out voluntarily. Looks like he might have. Yeah, no, looks like he I'm might have. <laughs> well, now he's pushing you out. Now he's pushing you out. <laughs> yeah, I'm just gonna like try to kick him out, and then I'm gonna stay under the wagon. All right. So while you're doing that, uh, she snaps her fingers at one of the uh, males, the male drow, and he brings uh, some shackles forward, and uh, he she gestures over to Boyd, and she points at Boyd, and she says, "Rothe." And uh, the drow is going to attempt to put shackles on Boyd. Okay, I'm just going to... So wait, so who's in front of me right now? He's in front of me and then one of the... Yeah, I mean, I'll, I can move somebody over there if you want. Here, hold on. No, it doesn't. No, I've got an idea. I'm going to wild shape. 
Okay, as soon as you start to do anything, they're gonna fire on you. There's a guy, let's say he has the shackles. In a mechanical sense, they all have readied their action to shoot you if you okay. move. I didn't move, I just did wild shit. Well, draw your weapon, try to cast a spell, do something like that. So you can do it. What do you want a wild shape to? A rat. A little tiny rat. Okay, let's first, they get their reaction. What's your AC? 14. Well, 15. Okay. Well, I so. don't know if it does, does it become, does it become the rat's AC? Well, so they are firing as a reaction in response to you doing wild shape. So they're going to shoot you, and then you can finish wild shape if you're unconscious. If you're conscious. So give me another con save. Okay. Ooh, nice. So you're still conscious, and I didn't give you any damage for that earlier. So there's that one and the one from previous. So 12 total. And you wild shape into a rat. So let me get you one of those. 12 minus 17. Put shackles on me now, bitch. <laughs> I'm a rat. With one hit point. Ooh. The rat. A rat only has one hit point. Oh, so I do take the hit points from the creature I become? Yeah, you get it. They become like temporary hit points, basically. Hold on, I'm setting you up with this so it'll be in there from previous for future use. Alright. So you should have control of that rat token now. Dark. So, boy transforms into a rat. It's completely dark. That's all I see. Um... Fog of war. There you go. Now he has sight. Alright, so you're there. You transformed into a rat. And they shoot you with some crossbows. Uh, you still manage to complete your transformation. And the uh, female drow, she just roll her eyes. And uh, she uh, yells out some commands in undercommon to the rest of the drow. And now they are just all closing in from all sides. So I will reveal them. But essentially they're about... 12 drow total here from different points on the map. I have a feeling it's gonna all be okay because the music is so cheer. <laughs> Alright. <laughs> so Donnie's gonna watch this shit. Nobody went after Sherman yelling or anything? Oh, they see Sherwin. They just haven't done anything to him yet. As soon as, like, the circle closes enough, Donnie could run out the back of the wagon and go. He's gonna try to bolt. Alright. Readying that action. <clears throat> Okay, so when, what's the trigger for that again? When are you going to bolt? This, like, circle... There's a circle of dark air, like, enclosing on the people... On the fire. Yeah. As soon as there's a window for him to run out the back of the wagon, be out of the circle of dwarves, essentially, he's going to try to bolt away. Uh, I'm guessing he knows, like, a way out of town from here, so we'll go that direction. All right. So let me know when you run around then. I don't know exactly how close they need to be for you to do that, so you just tell me. Okay, so they're all about right here then. And uh, they throw out some shackles on the ground, and they gesture to you, and they kind of make command for you to put them on, to start putting the shackles on yourself. Or they also tip their crossbow. They tap the end of their crossbow with their finger. Does that guy throw shackles down? The one next to the wagon? Uh, yeah. He throws shackles, they'll throw them down to Sherwin then. <clears throat> Alright. Don't need to start pushing Sherwin. Uh, same. <laughs> Alright. So a couple seconds pass. It's anyone putting the shackles on? Do I have time to do this? <clears throat> Disguise self? So once you start doing the vocal and semantic portions of doing that, um, they are going to fire on you. It's an action to do that. It takes about six seconds, and you have to use your voice and wiggle your arms around to do it. Oh, uh, you're right. Okay. Never mind then. 
It's, it's those fifth level characters, right? So a couple seconds pass, and if uh, nothing happens, then they are going to walk in. You're going to run? I want to be underneath this art box. Alright then, as soon as you run that way, she's going to get an attack of opportunity. She's going to hit you. Let me pull up her sheet, because I didn't think I was going to have to attack with her. Um, she's going to use that tentacle rod and hit you with it. Damn. God damn. Damn. Plus nine. Jesus Christ. Yeah, you're probably dead, dude. <laughs> yeah, I'm out. <laughs> Roll up so, she is not... <laughs> So you can do non-lethal. So basically, she's trying to subdue you. So she hits you with a tentacle rod, and as it is written on there, <laughs> uh, these tentacles kind of move independently, and they hit you. And uh, you're gonna take. It's all gonna be non-lethal. So you're out. So you revert back to void form, but you are unconscious. And uh, Raylan watches the rest. <laughs> well, will eventually, once you get loaded up. Raylan watches this happen and kind of just like looks around at the at his crew and the row closing in and then looks back at the leader the female and just like reaches down to pick up the shackles and uh, just clamps them on and says you will serve my master in the blood war before this is over she uh, just shakes her head at you and she's probably not totally understanding exactly what you said. And uh, she just smiles oily. And as you start to put the shackles on, they will start uh, taking off your backpack and disarming you. The shackles are... Uh, your legs move normally, but there are clamps on your hands, like a connecting bar to both wrists, that has a chain leading to a, a neck collar. So you're essentially restrained while the shackles are on, and but you have normal movement. So they do that, and then and when Boyd is unconscious, they uh, take do the same thing to him. Uh, they shackle him up and um, remove his gear, and some drow is putting it into uh, basically some a couple drow are dictated with just carrying your shit. And uh, Grimsby, what are you doing? Are you complying, or are you going to fight? Mm, I don't think I have time to do anything. I think Grimsby is very angry about his situation, but he's going to comply. I think Grimsby would have. You know, with his limited dabblings with the Underdark, um, you would have an idea that the Drought, they're not, they don't want to kill you because you have no value to them dead. So even the attacks okay. they're doing, they're only going to do it to the point where you're unconscious and then they're going to keep you alive until they can use you later. Mm. Nah, I'm just going to seethe. Seethe? Yeah. I'm, I'm very angry about the situation. All right, this Drought's going to come up to you with, with the shackles in hand. He's going to try to force it on your neck. And if you let it happen, he will just shackle you up. And he I'm he going smiles. to shove him instead. You're going to shove him? Yeah. He grins at you, and he just shakes his head. He goes... And uh, murderous digits. Oh, okay, this is your your punch, right? I know you like re renamed your attacks. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so you punch him, or you force him back forcefully. And uh, he kind of spits at you. And then uh, he holds out his crossbow, and then he tries to put the shackles on you again. And these aren't normal crossbows, by the way. They're like little. They're like pistols almost. They're like mini crossbows, and crossbows is what they're called. They're like uh, automatic. Kinda. They look like that, but um, yeah, they're just small, portable, lightweight crossbows. So we'll try to force it on you again, and this draw is going to come over to assist. So. Right. So that dude moves. Mm -hmm. 
Is this where you're making uh, your dash? Is there anything under the cart? No. <clears throat> Stone. It's piece of the cart. Um, it's just wood, bottom of a cart, wheels. I have some, I have some rat teeth in my pouch. I'm mm -hmm. gonna take those out, and I'm gonna throw them more or less towards where that the dead innkeeper is. Okay. And right when they're chinking on the ground, I'm gonna fucking bolt, bash action. Okay. When you move, the drow is, you're just bolting like sprinting away. So the drow yep. easily see you're running away in the dark. All right. Yes. But were they readied? Like shoot me? Uh, no. But there's drow okay. everywhere. So then let me get the initiative roll. Go ahead. Have my turn. <laughs> Go ahead. Roll initiative then. Excellent. Did I roll? I don't see it. Did you roll? No. Oh. <laughs> the Discord image? Okay. Now your initiative roll didn't come up. Try it again. Let the record show an extremely flappy arm and legged lizard running haphazardly across the water. I'm going to dash, so that's 60 feet of movement, and I'm going to action surge, also dash. I'm 120 feet away. Where are you going? This way. <laughs> I guess running blindly out of town. Which way did we come into town? That's the way. Alright, make your movement. Which way did we come into town? I guess that way, because that's the only open path. Right. The other path behind you was like blocked off with buildings. Cool. And I go this way, and I see some drow. I'm gonna try to run past these guys. Okay, so I'll draw opportunity attack when you pass by him. Uh, I guess here would be when... You have your shield out? Hell yeah, I have my shield out. I'm running for my fucking life. What do you think I got? <laughs> Sorry, I didn't like say... <clears throat> I guess maybe if he's shooting me in the back. Yeah, sure. It hits most of the damage. You need the con save too, but damage is four. Okay, you got it. 18. That's where I would be. So you sprint out from the uh, the group there, and uh, I think Sherwin was close enough to see you sprint off and leave him there. <laughs> and uh, the other drow that were sitting around the circle, uh, they all saw you run off, so they all start shouting at each other something about Rothe, blah, 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 blah. And uh, pointing in your direction. So this one from the rooftop is going to shoot down at you. 19. Or piercing. Give me another con save. Donnie. There you go. Cool. You're good. And then the second one is going to go. 16. Um, so. so that hits. Alright. 3. With another con save. Save. <laughs> <laughs> nice. You are Those a high roller. Staying with power. Yeah. Oh yeah, man. All right, um, and see that Grimsby also rolled initiative. Are you gonna do something, Grimsby? I probably don't have time to pull out my weapon. Yeah, and they shack they shackled you. <clears throat> oh, did they? I was still resisting. You pushed them, and then he came back, and then the other one came down to assist. And they got that, even though I rolled twenty-three murders digits. Well, you punched him. So then after that, they reacted. You didn't say you're gonna do anything, but if you want to do something, go ahead. Tell me what you want to do. We can say they didn't put it on, put them on you yet. If you're planning to do something, I just feel like I just feel like murders dig digiting them again. Oh, cool. all right. Okay. So you whiff through the air, swinging angrily and wildly, 
and uh, they kind of uh, they chuckle like asshole drill because that's what they are and um, they're gonna come at you and put the I guess we'll have to do like tested strength they're gonna try to grapple you then if you're gonna not go willingly we'll just saving throw yeah yeah it's uh, athletics let me check real quick I think it's athletics grapple yeah athletics so give me athletics Contested, oh wait, sorry, it's my athletics contested by your athletics or acrobatics. Either one. You can use either one. Well, there it is. <clears throat> Alright. So one's going to assist the other. So, both advantage. Ugh. God. So they got that you. That wasn't much of a fight. <laughs> yeah, so one comes up behind you and does, you know, just pull, puts his arms underneath yours and kind of holds you back. Uh, kind of like old school bully kind of thing. And uh, the other one uh, puts the shackles on you while you're in that position. I went down with a weak fight. Yeah, he did not go down willingly. Sherwin, what are you doing? I think in Sherwin's case, the drow just dropped the shackles in front of you and was waiting for you to put them on. That guy's right up on me, right? Yeah, he's right beside you. Uh, so Sherwin's just kind of like holding his hands up, and then he's like, All right, all right, I will put them on! And then he, he like kind of leans down, but he also is kind of trying to, uh, I guess, sneak some of his his gadgety stuff into his shoe as he kneels down to grab the shackles. Okay. So, um, I don't know if you want me to do a slide of hand for that. Or yeah, that'd be good. Okay, what exactly were you putting in there again? Uh, you know, just kind of, you know, I guess like tinker tools type stuff, like just whatever is, it, it can't be much to fit in his shoe, but you know, just something that he can use maybe in case of an emergency. Um, yeah. <laughs> okay. Just I'll say, uh, do you have do you have do you have like thieves tools or anything like that? I do. All right, then let's say that was to put your thieves tools in your boot. Does that sound good? Yeah. All right. So you slip those in there, and they don't really seem to notice otherwise. And then he uh, picks up the shackles, and and then he uh, puts them on his his wrists or whatever, and then he like holds them in front of him. Um, <laughs> uh, I'm ready to go. <laughs> <laughs> All right, he uh, he nods in, th in uh, gratitude, and he gestures for you to walk towards uh, towards the fire, I guess. And uh, let's see, Donnie's turn next, but uh, just in between all of that, uh, one of the other drow who was uh, not really doing anything other than watching, he is searching the uh, the tavern patrons, uh, tavern patrons, going through their belongings really quickly, and uh, he goes over the uh, old halfling woman's body. She was out there, and. Uh, goes through her bag, the little satchel she had, and he pulls out a vial um, that has a little spider in it. It's one of those vials that you guys found in the basement. Uh, I think Boyd asked her to hold on to it uh, at one point. And he picks it up and he shows it to uh, the female drow. And she just has this sneer uh, scowl on her face. And she spits at the ground. And uh, she walks over to the, the passed out unconscious halfling woman and just immediately just puts a dagger right in her throat and kills her on the spot and she takes the vial and she puts it in her bag and next is uh donnie's turn all right i'm gonna dash out all right um i'm gonna run out of map so what i'm gonna do is just doing dash your maximum i'll put you down here but let's just say that's an extension of the street i think we know how this is gonna end it <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well i was gonna let you run as much as you wanted to it could be yeah I'll run, that. I'll run that Okay, you're running that way. All right. So that was 55 feet. You had another one. I'll give it to you. But All right. 
And uh, the drow next. And he's gonna run across the top of the, the top of the roof and fire down. He misses. And this drow is gonna come around the corner. <coughs> and he's gonna pull. Uh, he's gonna pull out this little black rod. And it has a uh, it's like a black rod, and at the end of it, it's a clear orb. And inside the clear orb, there's like floating uh, black. Uh, almost looks like a lava, almost kind of like a lava lamp, basically. At the end of this orb, on the end of a rod, and he's gonna point it at you. And you need to make a ah yeah okay. You need to make a deck save. This black this black uh, orb kind of shoots out of the end of the rod. And uh, on your back, you just get covered with this like tar-like substance, very oozy-like, and yeah. So you're just caked in it, and you find it difficult to move. Right around. Yeah. Ration. It's like you just stepped in like a bunch of quicksand. Is the feeling on your legs? We keep. Fun. All right, you're kicking. And then once that hits, he kind of shouts over to the the one on the roof and uh, does like some little hand gesture. And next is going to be Grimsby. So Grimsby, you're shackled up, unless you're going to do anything. Uh, what do you want? Is there anything you want to do? You got shackles on you now. I really need like an insulting shout, but I have no, I have no shout spell. You could shout something at them in, at them in uh, Elven. They might, they might pick it up. Mm, what color is their, is their skin? Black. Uh, not black. It's like uh, a yeah, charcoal, like a light charcoal color. Okay. I, look, I, I stare up at the both of them, or at the two in front of me anyway, and I scream, I'll never be you, your slave, you fireplace dwarves! <laughs> Did you call them dwarves? Yeah. <laughs> Alright, that's enough I to piss that. them off. Just, yeah, just that alone <laughs> is enough to piss them off. <laughs> yeah, so you do that, and uh, they start going through your stuff, and they take all your shit off of you, and um, he grabs you by the beard. And he just pulls you to the other side, over towards um, the female drow. And I, I say up to them, oh, you dwarves don't like that, do you? <laughs> yeah, they are just blocking I, you out right my now. My fair share of dwarves. <laughs> they don't like dwarves. Um, Alright, so next is Sherwin. You do anything? Just being nice, compliant, captive? Yeah, being, being nice and compliant, don't want to get hurt. <laughs> Alright. <laughs> Uh, so next is uh, Donnie. So that glob, that glob that is on you now, it has you restrained is the status. So your movement speed is zero and attack rolls against the creature have advantage, blah, 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 blah. Let's try to break out of Okay. You can give me uh, athletics to try to break it. You feel like you got a good grip on your leg and you try to rip, rip it free and you're able to rip one leg out, but the other one is still there. You could do the ultimate uh, survival tactic, tactic and chew your leg off. <laughs> where are, uh, where the hell? They are. Uh, is there anybody around me? What you see is what you see. <laughs> so if you can't see them on your screen, then you don't know where they are. They just shot at you from behind, though. So you know they're to the south of you somewhere. I'm going to continue to try to f*** against the stuff. On this dude's still running? <laughs> I've been gone like 20 minutes. He's like stuck. <laughs> <laughs> I made a wild creature, guys. He's a fucking animal. Like, he doesn't understand any of this shit. None of it. Yeah. <laughs> Why is this bitch blowing up on my screen again? <laughs> I was trying to explain the skin color of the drow to, uh, to Mason. I think that 
Yeah, he's gonna like keep fighting it as his turn though. Yeah, so the athletics check that was your your action. So if you got like uh, what is that called? The is the second wind? What's the one that gives you action surge? If you still have that, if you haven't used that, you can try again. I already used. Okay then. That's, that's what I used to do the double sprint. Ah, that's right. All right. So it's the Drow's turn then, and they are going to come up on you, and he is going to smack you for non-lethal with the back of his uh, weapon, the back of his short sword. And since you're restrained, he's going to get advantage. Let's see how that goes. And he got you in the back of the head. I only so have he just, one hit point left. Yep, I so you take five. Yep, so he comes up and just thump, and you drop right there. So... The other one is going to come down and assist and shackle you up. And they're going to start bringing you over here. And uh, as they're and after they bring you over, I forgot you could like multi slide stuff. On. Whoa, it's flying all over the place. Insane. There you go. There we go. So they bring Donnie back over and they're going through his stuff and dis disarming him and whatnot. And they find uh, the fangs and some. <laughs> did you, I can't remember? Did you take spider meat or not? Or did you just end up with those fangs? I know you took a lot of rat meat. Yeah, no spider meat. I think I took a, I took a, a leg. A leg? <laughs> All right. Like so they pull that leg. out and they show it over to the, the female drow. And uh, she's incensed. And uh, he gives you another kick in the gut and, and spits on you. And uh, they shackle you up. And at this point, I think everyone is shackled. <laughs> and uh, let's see, Boyd is unconscious. So. Oh, by, by this time, I woke up. <laughs> well, no, that, that's like 1d4 hours later, once you're stable. If you're stable. Yeah, I but, think he's joking that it's been fucking forever. <laughs> oh, that's what he's saying. Okay. Yes. Well, <laughs> he's still shouting about dwarves. There was a runner. <laughs> um, I had to give the DM the runaround, huh? But, uh, alright, so, the ones that are unconscious, so Sherwin, uh, Grimsby, and Raylan, uh, you guys uh, see them, um, a couple of them fan out to the uh, ends of the street. It looks like they're just watching to make sure that they weren't seen by everybody. And they make their way uh, south through a little alley uh, back through the city. And uh, you're walking for probably a good hour and a half, two hours. Uh, you make it outside the city. There was a... I don't know if the tavern music there. The minstrel probably got word that everyone was dead. Uh... So they take you out through the city, through a little back entrance, and you're walking through a field at night, and you're walking for a couple hours. And uh, at some point, uh, there's a cave, almost looks like a sinkhole in the ground, and uh, they all crawl down in there. Uh, anyone who's unconscious, they just kind of tie them to ropes, and they're just like drag dragging them along, basically, uh, as a team, almost like a sled. And you descend into this hope opening in the ground, a couple hours outside of Everland. And How are uh, they treating us? They are not talking to you, and they're not being uh, violent with you, uh, especially with the ones that complied. However, uh, yeah. they are uh, they are exceptionally rough with Donnie uh, since they found spider <laughs> spider parts on his uh, belongings, um, and the drow. I was calling them all dwarves. Wait, do you feel bad that you're not being mistreated? <laughs> I'm just wondering. <laughs> How, uh, how much more angry should I be getting? They they're more upset about this the uh, the desecration of their sacred spider than they are about being called dwarves. Well, they don't like being called dwarves, dude. But um, so you descend into this cave, and uh, it's just a typical cave for a couple hours. But you notice, you know, 
or anyways for first for Rayland and for Grimsby you guys don't see shit it's pitch black in there and they make no effort to light anything so Sherwin is the only one that's catching any of this as they walk through but you know there's portions of the cave where they're just walking straight and you could swear that they're going to walk straight into a wall and they manage to find some little crevice or opening um, to, to make you go deeper into the cave and you do this for another two hours at least and at some point the cavern opens up and you see there uh, there are three or, there are three uh, different uh, carts with iron bars on them and they load you up into each one uh, so two uh, we'll say that Raylan and Sherwin and uh, wait unless it's on Grimsby yeah so you guys are all in separate uh, carts they don't put you together and they put the uh, other passed out ones uh, somewhere in with you guys and the carts are empty so it doesn't look like there's anyone else on there and they load you up and they all kind of jump on they're either like there's little bench seats on there for them to sit on or they're walking and uh, they start moving out down into the depths so those of you that were passed out uh, a couple hours later Boyd you're gonna naturally heal one hit point so you'll be conscious but you can't see anything and you'll travel for it feels like a whole day and they'll stop for rest and they'll provide you with a little a little bowl made out of a, a looks like a big mushroom head basically a toadstool head and it's been carved out and there's some sloshy gruel and they'll throw it inside the the cage for you to drink it but they don't seem to be paying attention one way or the other if you actually drink it or not um, so anyone if you do drink that it's essentially like getting a ration so you can stave off exhaustion uh, otherwise you can do what you want with it what would you say it was again it's like a little soup a little soup oh. inside of a mushroom a large mushroom toadstool head yeah, sure when takes it and is like oh you know uh i really like spiders myself well they're uh you know what they say they're uh nature's uh little helpers you know they clean the you know take care of all the nasty mosquitoes and uh and he's just kind of like <laughs> trying to get conversation going with the drug i get on this good side yes so they they hear you speaking they don't seem to understand what you're saying um you're speaking in common they might not understand it and uh as when you speak up and you try to get all chummy with them they just put their finger over their lips and they try to hush you they shush you You've been shushed. Well, I've never. He gets indignant. <laughs> and uh, once you raise your voice like that, he shushes you again, and then he points up to the ceiling of the cave, which is, at this point, enormous. You cannot see the ceiling of the cave. Um, but he does that, and then he points up, and then he looks at you, and then he gives, like, the kind of throat, cut across the throat mark. And then he points to his eyes, like something's watching you. Uh, from the top of the cave, be quiet. Is the meaning he's trying to implore to you? I study the bowl. Mushroom yeah. Bowl. Shh, I forgot. Yes, you are the mushroom man. Go ahead. I am the mushroom man. You in nature? Yeah. Are we all together? You. So Donnie, we'll say Donnie and Grimsby are in a cart together, and Raylan and is in a cart by himself, and Sherwin is in a cart with Boyd. Because we're tiny, we only. Yeah. Fifteen. Yeah, it's a, it's a, um, I was trying to consider how to do this, but I'm just going to tell you the name of the mushroom, um, which you wouldn't know because you're not from the Underdark, but you understand all the properties of it. But this is called Zerkwood. It's basically like the lumber of the Underdark. It's a super sturdy, strong type of mushroom that um, they use to make 
furniture, bridges, utensils, mm -hmm. bowls, and shit. So it looks like it was carved edible? out of that. No, it's not edible. Not with that attitude. <laughs> <laughs> so, and I actually got a thing in here for you, which I will share it once we uh, once we get to a stopping point. But uh, I found this sweet like sketchbook online where somebody like made like a journal, like he sketched out all the different mushrooms and shit in the underdark. So I'll give you like a page for it that explains what it does and everything um, once you find something. Uh, so at that point you just keep rolling and this goes on and on for, well, it goes on for a long time, but it's really difficult for you to get a sense of how much time has passed because there is no sun and your body clock is so screwed up that you just, you just sleep when you're tired, essentially. That's the rotation now. And they, the elves, the uh, the drow, they do this a similar thing, but being drow, they they meditate. So, trying to get an idea of what time of the day it would be by watching them is not a good barometer because they're just meditating and then they'll move on a couple hours later. So this goes on for a number of times, and until the point where you enter a part of the darkness, and the whole cart stops, and everyone except for a couple guards. Um, by the uh, the cages, they move into a direction out in the distance, and they're gone for a couple moments. And let me turn this on. So they're gone this for like totally dark. Total darkness, total darkness, pitch black. Um, and it's right around this time too, as well. Once you enter this part of the the cave, essentially, is it's it's not like you entered a deep cave anymore. I mean, it's dark, yes, but there are flickers of light way off in the distance almost like fireflies except instead of being like a yellow or an orange color it's more of a uh, a flickering blues and greens and some fuchsia as well and Boyd you're able to you see some lights as well but Boyd kind of has an eye for it you notice there's like even just small patches of fungi you know on different ports of the of the the cavern surface that are fluorescent and they're glowing not enough to really provide stable lighting but enough to put off this kind of eerie mood and there is almost like this constant sound of water moving um, and just bouncing all out through all around you um, you're not able to see a, a source of the water but it's kind of a, a present uh, noise uh, in your head as you've entered this part of the cave and after a couple moments pass um, the I female to up a conversation oh go for it go for it I guess Grims yeah the card yeah it's Grimsby so, big fella, you know these guys' tongue. You know who they are? Sorry, dude, I can't hear you. You know their tongue. Do you know who these are? Well, I know that these are bastard dwarves who've captured us. But I think they're... I think they're... Uh, I know dwarves, but these are taller and skinny. They're tall and skinny, but not quite as tall as Raylan and me, don't you think? Uh, they haven't eaten us. You know why? They don't want us for food. They want us for... Probably... To work. Oh, okay. So, as you're finishing up your conversation, they all come back, and uh, they unlock the back cart, which contains uh, Donnie and Grimsby, and they motion for you to get off. And at this point, they uh, oh, sorry. Uh, at this point, they uh, pull out a small light. Um, it looks like a uh, it's about a fist-sized um, <laughs> uh, elongated uh, mushroom. Uh, that seems to glow like this. <laughs> yeah. Uh, that seems to glow kind of like this, uh, this really soft white color. Um, but it's enough to, to give you about five feet of light 
around you. So you can basically you can see where you're stepping. Uh, so they motion for you to get off the uh, the cart, and as long as you do that, they are gonna start taking you off into the the distance. You're not able to see far enough to see where you're going, but you're walking off while the others wait. So they lead you over, and uh, the light slowly begins to illuminate uh, a large basket, uh, which seems to be connected to a wench, and uh, a large rope uh, seems to be made of silk, not hemp. Um, leads all the way up to the ceiling so high that you, you can't see exactly how far it extends up but it goes up and after they load you on a guard stays there with you inside this large basket which is about enough seems to be enough to hold about six or seven people and uh, has like a little gate and goes up to about the waist of a, a medium-sized humanoid and they come back and then they grab the next group so they grab Sherwin and Boyd and they lead them over they seem to be uh friendlier with Sherwin though Boyd, they kind of like just kick down the line, but maybe they're, they think uh, Sherwin's not so bad. Maybe you'll get special treatment. <laughs> yeah, I'm not so bad. Big man, was, do you think they want our skin? I've seen dwarves kill things for skins before. Was uh, the carts, did they have like slats through them, like we could reach through or anything, or no? They're iron bars. I mean, they're, yeah, you could probably fit your, your halfling arm through there. I, could I have snatched up some of those fluorescent mushrooms? Um, you want to like take it off of one of them? Well, they were just they were just like on the wall, right, as we were coming through. Oh no, sorry, I didn't describe that well. No, they're holding it. Basically, they're like ushers. Oh. They got the mushrooms in their hands oh. and they're holding it out so you can see where you're walking. Oh, okay. So oh, they were they, growing wild. Naturally. Yeah, they, you did see some fungus, like just like moss almost on the cave walls that are glowing, but that's different. Um, so they lead you over and um put you in the uh, cart, and then they come over and they grab Raylan and they do the same thing. And they grab you by your neck chain and just kind of pull you and lead you in. And they close the door and you're in there with a couple guards. And uh, the female drow, she walks over to you and uh, she talks to you again. And she's very, looks, this is very, you know, smug, satisfied grin on her face. And uh, she speaks to you again in this kind of really broken common. Um, and she, she smiles and she giggles a little bit and she says, <laughs> And she points at each one of you. You, 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 my rothe. Hmm? And then she sticks her hand out and she like kind of uh, caresses Raylan's face. Big rothe and small rothe. And she kind of runs her hands through Boyd's hair and shags it up a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> and then she says, uh, listen to Elvara. And she points to herself. Listen to Elvara. No die. No listen to Hervara. Mm, probably die. And then she snaps her fingers and then someone calls up towards the uh, the roof of the cave and then you hear this grunt, this big bestial, bestial grunt from above and then the wench starts moving and you're being lifted up. And you are being lifted up and up and up and you are able to judge that you probably go up about a hundred feet before reaching the top. And when you get there, uh, well, let's say about 90 feet up, you notice that the uh, the basket that you're in passes through a whole net. It's almost like, it looks like a circus net for like trapeze artists or something like that, but it's spider webs. And it's just stretching across and they're tied and they're connected to these giant uh, stalactites that are coming down from the roof of the cave. Um, so it's almost like this net 
um, that's attached to these stalactites. And you pass through that, and then as soon as you pass through this, this net of webs, um, this whole upper area is dimly lit with um, just the walls, the cave surfaces are all kind of caked with different uh, uh, fluorescent fungi and whatnot. And you can also see some soft lights um, attached to these stalactites. So the first thing you notice is, you know, you couldn't see anything from below, even though it was with dark vision when uh, Sherwin didn't even notice the webs were there until he already passed through it. Is that this whole area up here is essentially hidden from the cave floor unless you're able to climb up. Um, and once you reach higher up in, I have a picture I want to show you. I think I just shared it with you. Can you see it? Falcon. Spider City. Velve. Yeah, Vidalkenville. Velkenvelve. So this is what it looks like. There's these stalactites that have these like glowing uh, portions on it, but um, this is what you were raised up into. And the cart stops, and uh, when it stops, you are greeted by these two huge, um, they are roughly eight feet tall, so a little bit taller than uh, Raylan and Grimsby. And they look like kind of skinny, ragged, bipedal polar bears. And they have large teeth and they're very muscular. And uh, it looks like they were operating the crank, essentially, that was pulling up the basket. And uh, they don't really acknowledge you once you arrive. They're just kind of muscle, it looks like, lifting you up. And they unlock the gate and they unload you onto a stone walkway. And give me a second to set up the map and everything. So you what it looks like. I can see why everyone's so skinny down here. All they have to eat is spiders darkness. So this is what the uh, the guy looks like that unloaded you. Oh, hello there. <laughs> Just grunts. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, so they unload you, and they probably about 20 feet or so from that cart, you see uh, an opening in the cave wall. Um, and you are put into a room. And this little map's gonna load now, so it's kind of big. It might take a couple seconds to load. Oh, be whoa! Sherwin's fucking big. <laughs> Why? <laughs> Only Sherwin's token is like five times the size <laughs> it should be. Okay. So, can you guys see the map? Yeah. All right. A lot of NPCs. Mm-hmm. We're in lion. So, they push you into this room, a cell, and they, as soon as you're thrown in there, basically all you have on you is your your undergarments and your shackles. Um, once you were unloaded, uh, Sherwin, or actually, sorry, I keep thinking this is all dark. This is all dimly lit in here, so you could actually see everything that happened once you got off that basket. Um, so after you were put into the cell, you can see through the cell bars, uh, they also brought up your equipment that they took from you, and um, they had, it looks like they had a couple crates, two crates. Um, and they're both enclosed, so you couldn't really see what was in each one, but uh, one was taken off to the north, and one was taken off in, towards the south in a different direction. Um, so we're in our underpants. Yeah, you're in your undies, your underpants. And everyone else is also in their underpants? Yes. <laughs> well, maybe Donnie's oh. completely naked. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> right over to the chick. <laughs> well, she's not naked. Yeah, she's got... <laughs> Go ahead. Yeah, so if Donnie just, you just had like some makeshift like rags and stuff on you? Is that what it was? Yeah, just some like scraps of cloth and leather and whatnot, but mostly for protection, not vanity. So if they stripped off other people's armor, it's okay. His penis is internal. <laughs> Thank you. 
so once they put you in there, they close the bars and um, yeah, they lock it. And a guard just stands there outside the cell. And uh, the cell you put in, you are not alone, obviously. Uh, you see 10 other figures in here with you. And I will show you a picture of them. This is like the ship Lilo uh, and Stitch. <laughs> so all of them are kind of scattered out. And uh, obviously they're all staring at you as you walk in. But if you scan around the room, um, first you see a, uh, I'm just going to go in order of the picture here. You see a, a small man. Well, you assume he's a man anyways. Uh, he's about the same size as Boyd. The same size as Boyd. He's got this uh, patchy gray, scaly skin. Not lizard-like, but more ashy. And he has these white uh, pupil and eyeless eyes. So just white orbs in his skull, essentially. And he's got these wispy gray whiskers and beard and this long flowing red robe and then uh somewhere else in the cell you see uh, the same kind of uh, polar bear like beast that you saw operating the uh the crank the wench for the basket except he's dressed in what all of you assume or is some sort of like noble's clothing um it looks very it's very off-putting because he's you know he's got this elegant shirt on that's in it's in little tatters in this point but um he's also this kind of like polar bear looking you know, beast and then the only person or other person in the cell that you would recognize as a surfacer is uh, this dwarven woman who seems to be off by herself um, the other creatures are more or less within 10 or 5 5 or 10 feet of each other but she just tries to keep herself separate it looks like and when you walk in, she is the first one that her face kind of lights up when she sees other surfacers. Uh, and then there's another man. Um, this looks like a gnome. Is she a dwarf? She's what a dwarf. She, what is she? She's a dwarf, yep. Just looks like uh, a, any dwarf you would see on the surface. So what, what is she wearing? She's wearing like normal, just like, uh, uh, what, like undergarments. So she's got like a plain white, you know, um, what is that called? I don't know, like a like a not a vest what the yeah. fuck is it called tunic yeah Lousy. like this cloth cloth tunic no, um, it's not very hot it's not yeah. at all she's, <laughs> no. a, and she's the, a dwarf where's the, where's the lace <laughs> <laughs> well you got to get that for her. um but uh so she's there and then there's another gnome who's got similar kind of gray um gray charcoaly skin and uh He's got like this kind of like shit-eating grin on his face when you walk in, but he's the same size as Boyd, um, same size as almost identical size to uh, sure one actually, um, a cousin, if you will. And there's another orc in the cave as well, and he's standing with his arms folded, his back to the wall, and um, he's just he looks pretty upset when you walk in. Um, he doesn't well actually he doesn't look happy to see more people and he looks like he's also kind of isolating himself from the rest of the group uh then surprisingly also in the cell is a drow um he is uh in the corner kind of sitting down um indian style and he's got his chain on his hand That's racist hmm <laughs> that's a racist crisscross applesauce you're not allowed to say indian style anymore. oh sorry uh so he's sitting native american style uh <laughs> On the cell floor. <laughs> I don't know what I'm saying. Um, is that what you call it? Crisscross applesauce? Hey, crisscross applesauce. Why applesauce? Say, like, I don't know. What if I'm allergic to applesauce? All right. So he's sitting there and uh, 
Boyd is the only one that actually picks up on this. You notice there's like some like fungus some, or like a rash kind of caked on different portions of his face. It's pretty small and it's it's pretty uh it's pretty obscure, but you kind of have an eye for that kind of thing. And then the most jarring of the creatures that are in here is this large fish man. Um, it's imagine a human with a giant fucking fish head. That's what he looks like. And not only does he look like a fish uh, in just by appearance, but his the way his head seems to operate. Um, he he hasn't blinked once since he walked in, and his <laughs> eyes move almost independently of each other. Um, but uh, and he he looks like he's just staring at his space. What's that? Does he stink? You don't smell anything on him right now. Looks like he's kind of dry. Maybe he hasn't been in the water for a while. Uh, but doesn't doesn't have a foul smell so much now. Um, but you know, when you look at him, you it's really hard to tell if he's actually looking at you or not. But he's there. And then probably to uh, Boyd's chagrin, uh, there is a small mushroom creature also there. Uh, a little bit shorter than Boyd and uh, Sherwin. And uh, has these two little tiny... Uh, dimples almost that you would assume might be his eyes and uh, other than that it's kind of sitting there and it's sitting right beside the drow it seems to be very close to it almost like touching him and uh he's there and he kind of you know he's mildly bounces and bobs up and down um when you walk in and then finally there are two uh two other gnomes that are also in here and they look like twins they look identical to each other, either except that one is male and one is female. And uh, obviously, they're sitting very close to each other. Uh, the male one uh, kind of has his, his head down um, with his, you know, his head in his arms basically just resting. And the female one is standing with her arms crossed, uh, kind of gazing and analyzing you as you walk in. And then for the cell itself, um, let me give you some notes about that. So it's, uh, it's just basically... The cell itself is carved into the cave wall. Uh, there's an iron bar gate that goes across, and the gate is, the iron itself is, looks like it's embedded into the stone. Um, the door itself is, you know, what you would assume. You imagine like a standard prison style door, so there's a key and it slides left or right to open and close. Other than that, the uh, it's all pretty empty in here. There's um, some chamber pots, uh, but not enough for the number of people that are in here, so it looks like you're sharing. And uh, that's it. So other than that, you guys are only restrained from your arms, but you can move them around as you normally would. Is everybody else shackled? Yeah, they're all shackled just like you. Uh, Sherwin's gonna look in and kind of look at the, the gnomes. Whoa, 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 hello there. So which gnome, the bald one or the twins? Uh, let's go with the uh, twins. Twins, okay, give me a second. I gotta double check which languages everyone speaks. This is gonna be kind of a, a challenge. Um, and part of the challenge really is uh, trying to figure out how to communicate with these guys. Because um, they all don't speak common. Okay, so you walk up to them. And, uh, huh, alright. They do. These ones do speak common though, the twins. So you say hello, and uh, the male, the, uh, the male gnome, he grunts. He just says, <laughs> And then the female one kind of puts her hand up. She's like, mm, hello. Good to see a gnome. Good to see a gnome, indeed. Well, what brings you here? And she continues talking with you. And the whole time she's 
just eyeing the rest of the group while she's talking to you at the same time. She's, she says, mm, well, I think it's obvious we're, we're prisoners here. What happened to you? Oh, well, uh, you know, I guess we're prisoners too. We're uh, prisoner pals. How, how'd you get caught? Oh, uh, they got ambushed by them. Tall, drow, dark elves. Probably the same as them, I guess. Yeah, that's that's kind of their M.O. They ambush. We uh, we were foraging and we got ambushed same way. She kind of has a real sad look on her face and brings her head back up. She's like, where where are you from? Uh, I'm from uh, I'm from a small uh, village up on the surface. You said you're going to be close to like Gauntlegrim, right? Yes. Okay. Mm. The surface where small where? Gauntlegrim. <laughs> You say Gontelgrim, and her eyes kind of pop up. And uh, Gontelgrim, oh, that's that's a little bit close to where I'm from. And also, in the same moment, as soon as you say Gontelgrim, uh, the dwarf she runs over to you. She's oh, oh what 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 did you say? Gontelgrim. Slow down, woman. I can't understand what you're saying. She she like grabs onto your arm. She's like, what wins wins? She seems to have a really bad stutter. What wins wins? The last time you've been there? Oh, maybe. Uh, three months ago and everyone's it's safe it's in it's intact oh yeah when i was there well she, why are you asking she like has a relief kind of washes over and she just breathes out and she says oh, uh, the drow they uh they, they they try to invade and it's uh, i thought maybe everyone would be would be killed but I'm, I'm i'm glad to hear it's safe i'm glad to hear it's safe and she kind of like is like clutching her chest like she's having a panic attack almost and, um, when, when was that? She, you ask her that question, and uh, she, she traces back in her mind, and she was like, oh, "Hi, it's, it, it happened recently." And uh, give me, uh, sure one, give me a history check. History check. Oh, I think I get. Oh, I guess history check. Check. Yeah, you know that. You know what she's talking about. Uh, being from around Gontelgrim, and there was a draw invasion there, but it did not happen recently. Um, this happened like maybe a hundred years ago, uh-huh. so maybe she's a little off her rocker a little bit. She seems I... a little unstable. So how how long have you been here, madam? Uh, about a, about a, about a week. About a week. Oh, I see. I was uh, scouting like... scouting with our. With our our band, and I, uh, I got separated, and then I got I got ca- I got captured. Oh, very sorry to hear that, madam. Kind of back, realizing that she's probably kind of cuckoo in it. As you step away, she sticks out her hand, and she like tries to to shake, to like introduce herself. Basically, she's like, "My name's uh, my name, <laughs> my name's Eldith. Eldith. Who are uh, you? Oh, me. <laughs> I'm Sherwin. Sherwin Gizmo." Gizmo's Gadget Symposium. Whatever you need, I can make it. And then he kind of does like a little curtsied bow. Kind of like proper. Um, so when you do that and, and shake hands, you hear a voice. It seems like it's... Uh, um, so yeah, you shake hands. Big Ear, is this your kin? Oh. Big Ear, is this your kin? No, I, this is a first time I'm meeting these ones. Introduce oh, yourself, sure. lizard man. Just want to say I'm happy that we can end the blood war between us, dwarf. 
I mean no harm to you. Um, so she is, uh, she seems a, a little, um, surprised, but she says, uh, she's like, I, I, I have no ill will towards the lizard people. It's that one that I can't stand. And she, her voice kind of turns venomous and she points to the orc on the other side of the cell. What is he? He looks fearsome. He speaks up and he's like, Eh, dwarf, what are you going to do about it, huh? I'll knock you in your mouth. <laughs> uh, Donnie's going to like hiss and start shaking his head around. And he kind of walks up behind you and he kind of forces his way through, kind of squeezing and he like just elbows Sherwin right out of the way. Uh, he comes up to the dwarf and he's like, Yeah, I had about enough of you. And uh, he kind of like leans in, like he's going to hit her, but he doesn't do anything. And she kind of reels back a little bit. Um, she turns to Sherwin. She says, see, 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 this is what we have to deal with. And uh, she like takes a step back. And uh, the orc just spits out again. He's like, yeah, that's right. Walk away. And uh, Raylan just kind of looking around the edge of the room to kind of see how people are reacting to this. Uh, so if you're looking at the other people in the room, the drow is completely removed from the entire interaction. He's just there staring off at the ceiling. Um, the fishman is watching everything, but it's hard to tell when he's not watching anything. So he is standing at the back. But uh, so while the other two small uh, dark skinned uh, underdark residents are gnomes, deep gnomes you recognize, uh, I don't think anyone, I'll say a Sherwin probably with uh, anyone with. Uh, Proficiency in history would recognize what this guy is. He's a Darrow. Darrow? Darrow. D-E-R-R-O. So the Darrow, so anyone with history would know. The Darrow, they basically, they were, they were like dwarves at one point. And, uh, and they were residents of the Underdark. And then they got enslaved by uh, Mind Flayers, the Illithid. And it basically, it just destroyed their race. Um, it rotted their minds and it made them essentially batshit crazy uh, for the most part. Um, so in the Underdark, they are usually like second class citizens almost. Um, but yeah, that's what a Darrow is. So he's like a skinny, a really skinny dwarf with uh, these white eyes. But uh, once the fight breaks out and Raylan, as, while you're like, you're scanning across the room, right? Uh, this guy seems to pick up the fact that you're looking around and checking on everyone and he's gonna step over ever so gently and he's kind of got his arms um he's got his hands you know clasped together as much as he can given the shackles and he kind of moves elegantly over towards you and uh he kind of eyes you up and down and he says my i have never seen one such as you you are quite large and uh raylan raylan kind of keeps one eye on the orc and uh like gives that kind of lingering while I'm starting to do the next thing I'm fucking still watching you glance before he fully turns his attention to the all guy that approached and then he kind of he has practiced and has developed a way of like leaning down and kneeling that is not condescending to short people so he does that (laughs) to get down closer to this guy I really appreciate that and he says uh What's that? I don't know what you're talking about, tall guy. So once you <laughs> kneel down, uh, he uh, he bows his head to you, and his comb over kind of flies off, and then falls back down on top of his head when he lifts his head up, and he says, uh, "My name is Bupito. 
The pleasure is all mine. And he extends his hand. And uh, Raylan tries to shake it as yeah, best as he can. Yeah, it's super limp and clammy. He says, yeah, he's not making an effort to strength check him or anything. He says, well met. I'm not sure if I've ever met someone from your nation either. Mm, yes, my people are mm, happy in our underground home. We don't make it to the surface very much. But let Pepito be your guide. Anything you need to know, please ask me. Kind of uh, just like does a quick glance around the room again to see like just the quickest gauge of what people are. Uh, so the orc is pretty disinterested. The only let's see this guy. The other gnome seems to be watching uh, your conversation quite closely. This guy. Would you say Devo? Debo. Debo. Yeah. The monarch. That's mob like. Oh yeah, the monarch voice. Uh, from uh, Friday, right? Yes. <laughs> I saw it. That's mob boy. Uh, and then Pepito continues. Um, mm, there's not many of us that can speak your tongue, so uh, it's hard to know who does. And he kind of, his eyes dart back and forth. What do you think they do? They kind of, the liquid that's covering his eyes seems to move, but you can't really tell where he's looking. Um, mm -hmm. And he says, so choose who you speak with and what you speak wisely. And he just nods and says, thank you for the advice. And uh, he kind of uh, gives a conspiratorial look at this guy and says, my name is Raylan. On the surface, or rather high above the surface, I'm known as Void Strider. Well, Raylan, of the surface... Pleasure to meet you. And and you as well. And he, he just says, can you tell me one thing to start with? Of course. Where are we? Hmm. You mean other than this lovely accommodation? Hmm. He, like, strolls around. And uh, he, like, peers out the, uh, the bars as he's talking. It's like, we are in some sort of um, drow outpost, it seems. These are all soldiers, from my estimation. So, I don't think we're going to be here long. And he continues, by that I mean they are going to sell us off. So you've arrived recently as well? Mm, yes, I've been here for about, oh, four days, five days or so. And the others? Hmm, I don't know. You'd have to ask them. But... I am the most recent arrival, besides yourselves. Well, he kind of stands up and uh, walks back towards the center of the room, kind of looking around, waiting. He's kind of just like presenting himself to the room at this point, seeing what happens. So Boyd, while you're over there by the mushroom guy, he, uh, once you've gotten about like 10 feet of him, he immediately kind of rotated his his body towards you and uh, has been kind of like, you know, it seems like, you, you know, like when you're sitting at uh, your desk or something and your like, legs bouncing up and down, it's like he's constantly doing that. Like he's constantly like vibrating up and down. Like he's got this energy he can't keep in. And um, he's like just looking at you with his face just pointed up and towards you. He just has like two, two eyes. Yeah, just two eyes. So I want to talk to him. I'm going to say, hey, little buddy. 
Um, you said it out loud, right? Yeah. So he kind of tilts his head to this side, and then you see a big poof of spores just like explode from the top of his head. And about, let's see, one, two, so 10 foot radius. That means Sherwin and Raylan and Boyd will be caught in this. So this, oh, these spores explode. 10 foot radius. Hmm? Oh, wait, yeah, you're outside of there. My bad. One, two. Yeah, you're not in it. Okay, so Sherwin. So Sherwin and Boyd. So this plume of spores explodes from his head. And um, immediately, you know, just in your natural breathing, you inhale it. And um, nothing seems to change for a second. And then all of a sudden, you hear a voice inside your head. You don't see anyone speaking it, but you start hearing this voice. And the voice sounds like it's like echoed and layered like there's six or seven people talking at once and they all have different tones and different voices but um after a few minutes a few seconds of being disorientated you realize that the voice is coming from the mushroom and uh, he just speaks and he says wow (laughs) look at all these people (laughs) and now you met you can like imagine now like this bouncing that he's doing kind of matches like his speech does he does he uh is in common like i can understand you you just understand it is the way to explain it you hear it however you would hear it so if um if you didn't speak common if you only spoke uh gnomish you would hear it in gnomish you hear it in basically in whatever language you understand and uh yeah so when you speak back to him he's gonna understand you you're just like telepathically connected now through the spores okay so and, and then i guess he can understand me you can try so if I just talk to him in common. Alright, good. Uh, what are you doing in here, little fella? Ooh, I'm lost! <laughs> How did you get in here? Oh, me and my buddy! He like looks over to the uh, the drow. And uh, the drow was also caught in this plume. And you can hear his voice in your head as well. And anyone that was not caught in this plume, you hear the drow speaking in undercommon. But everyone in the plume can hear it and understand it in whatever language um, that you would know. And he speaks up and he's like, he's like, I'm not your buddy. And he kind of just turns his head to the side. And uh, the this, the uh, the mushroom guy keeps talking. He's like, yeah, we're buddies. Mm, we're trying to get home. I'm going to use my telepathy mm. to talk to the mushroom. All right. What's that, what's that neat trick you just did with them spores? How do I get some of those? He's like, mm, you can talk in my head. Mm. I thought oh, I could do that, and uh, he's like, he's like, yeah. If you can take me to Neverlight Grove, I can show you how to do this. <laughs> and the uh, and you can see the drow like once like whenever the mushroom guy is like getting all jittery and laughing and stuff, you can see like the drow just kind of like rubbing his temples, like he's just heard this a thousand times and he's just like tired. I'm gonna I'm tele- tele- telepathically drow. Well, hey, what's what's wrong with you, bub? You don't look too happy. Yeah, I'm about to be killed. Why should I be happy? I thought we're all going to get sold. We're all slaves, aren't we going to be slaves? <laughs> <laughs> It'll be fun. It's going to be fun. We're going to learn a lot of stuff in these mines together. <laughs> yeah, you chumps will be slaves. They tend to kill their own kind. What's your connection with our, with our friend here, little mushroom boy? Mm. We have similar interests in our final destination. I also want to get to Neverlight Grove. What can you tell me about this Neverlight Grove? And then the... the uh, I'll then he'll, con- he'll continue. Yeah, that's right. You're doing this telepathically, right? So he uh, he continues and he says, 
It's, um, how do I describe it? He looks over the mushroom. You see him? There's a lot of him. And it's like a sanctuary of sorts. I just, I just want to get as far away from here as possible. Well, what did, what did you do in your, in your past life here? Uh, you asking why I'm here? Yeah. No, I'm asking what you, what did you do before you were here? He like points out to the guard. I was one of them, but I got thrown in here because I got accused of murder. What, what's what's them spores growing at your at your noggin there, buddy? What are you talking about? Little red spores you got. I don't know what you're talking about, man. <laughs> he just uh ignores your. I touch I touch one of them. He swats your hand away as you try to reach out. Don't touch me, half man. We're not friends. Not yet. He just like. So wait, <laughs> louder is this all telepath? Even from the drow. Boyd Boyd has an ability as a ghost wise halfling to speak telepathically. Okay, so this is all quiet to everybody. Uh, sorry. So this is this is the confusing part about it. So Boyd can speak telepathically, but the people who he is speaking to cannot. Um, so while Boyd is talking without speaking, the drow is replying with while speaking. So we can hear. You can hear the drow speaking under common. <laughs> right. So the drow is like just sounds like the drow is talking to himself in undercommon as Boyd is kind of just staring at him. <laughs> okay. So wait, if we understand common, can we understand any undercommon? No. Undercommon okay. is it's very it's more similar to Elvish than it is anything else. Can can I understand it if I speak Elvish? Uh no. That's what I did earlier is they're similar. It's like Portuguese and Spanish. So uh that's why I let you roll the intelligence roll to see if you could pick up a couple words. The one's completely sensible, and the other one is dumb as hell. Yeah. Sorry, uh, Portuguese folks. Last thing I want to do with the with the mushroom man. <laughs> I want to ask, what's your name, little fella? Mm, I'm Stool. Could I could I check you out? Could I study you a little? Would you mind? Hmm. He like thinks in his head, mm, and you can kind of see him like you kind of feel like fingers in your mind almost, like he's like he's going through the file cabinet of your brain. I have nothing but good intent. He's like, mm, I don't know what you mean by study, but uh, we can be friends. I, I love mushrooms. Mm. He's like, mm, I'm a mushroom. <laughs> it's like one of my third graders. <laughs> and yeah, you you totally get that impression from him. He he, it feels like he's a kid, like he's a a kid mushroom, not right, fully so matured. I'm just hang hang out with him. Just stand over here on the side and hang out. With him. Yeah, there's a couple. There's three others. I'm going to throw them in a corner here that you haven't uh, talked with yet. And I apologize, but I kind of need to cut it here. I got someone waiting for me to take them to the park downstairs. Good. But, uh, yeah. So, uh, we'll leave it here. And then we'll pick back up with... Uh, you can talk with these guys some more. Figure out what's going on. And uh, see what the uh, drill have in store for you guys while you're imprisoned here. going to be fun. Hmm. This is actually where the game module like normally starts. Is you're just like plopped right in the prison cell, so without the like the just, level just thing. Prep for next time. Does the mushroom guy stool count as a beast and leaf? Could I talk to him with my ability? Let's see. What does that? What does it specifically say? It says beast and plants. You can communicate with, though not understand. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Beasts and plants and have advantage on charisma. All right. Let's check his creature type. It is. A small plant. So yes, yeah, you can use that with him. All right, I will know that for next. Cool. All right, is everybody good for uh, the next game in a couple days? Yep. Yep. Saturday, right? Yep, Saturday.
Saturday. Uh, yeah, I'm probably gonna still be in Jersey, so I'll be playing with the same phone setup, but I'm good for it. Cool. Cool. You... Alright guys, well, thanks. Sorry, sorry, the, uh, <laughs> I didn't want to try to, like, railroad the uh, capture thing, but that was, like, the only thing I could do to get the game started, so. <laughs> <laughs> sorry if it felt super railroady. It was, yeah. That's cool. Also, sorry that uh, Donnie had to run away, but like... No, that's proper. You're playing him the way he would play. He's trying to stay alive. <laughs> Holy fuck, I gotta run. That's, that's like, right? Yeah. We and all drove and fucking yelled. Yeah. Can we enter it into the canon that he runs all crazy armed like the crazy running lizard? Yeah. No, I mean, I guess that's <laughs> he, up to Donnie. When he's bolting... <laughs> Yeah, I'll say when he takes the dash, the dash action, that's when he goes back on hind legs, like Jesus Lizard running. Fuck, I love it. Okay, good. I need that Excel, right? Cool. Alright guys, thanks for this one. <laughs> see, see, see you in a couple of days.